Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor David Lindell, Executive Ministry Pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Well, today is a very exciting day in the life of the church, and the whole day I have just been um, filled with anticipation about what God is going to do. And today is Mission Sunday 2021, and we are believing God to do some big things, some unprecedented things in the life of the church through us. But the reason a day like today is so significant is because on Mission Sunday, we touch the world. And God sets us up and sets us in motion for what he wants to do through us as a church and individually to see more people come to know Jesus than ever before. And today we're going to be talking about some things and sharing some plans with you that I would say are unparalleled in terms of the reach, the scale and the scope of what we're embarking on. But as you think about what we're going to be talking about, not just in terms of the project, but asking you to ask God, what do you have for me to do in terms of making a missions faith promise? You can grab your brochure right here. The reason we would even spend a day talking about this is that this is God's heartbeat. That God, you know, Jesus shares the parable of leaving the 99 to go after the one. Our heart as a church is to see the lost reached, and today is a day to evaluate if our hearts are in line individually, if we're in line with God's heart, if our priorities are God's priorities. And so as you're going to be, we're going to be walking through this brochure in the next few moments, it's just, it's an opportunity to listen to God's voice and to step out in faith, believing that he's going to do something supernaturally through you and through your giving above and beyond your regular tithe and offering. So today's not about the tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord. This is you saying, God, I'm going to believe you to do something through me in terms of reaching people around the world and seeing them come to know Jesus. And that's why we'll often say about the missions faith promise, if what you write down later doesn't scare you a little bit, then it's probably not God. Because God is not looking for you to stay where you are. He's always pushing us to trust him more, to believe him to do something more, to believe him to do the miraculous in every one of our lives. That's just the way God, it's, God wants to show his power and show up in our situation and show up through our giving in ways we haven't seen him do it in the past. And so this year we are so pumped up because not only are we going to be involved in planting churches across the United States and sending missions around the world, but we're also uh, in the midst of starting this, this project in the nation of Burundi, which is a comprehensive project. And I want you just to understand the breadth of this. And so in order for you to introduce, get introduced to that idea, I want to show you a quick video that kind of helps you preview where we're going as a church. focuses as a church has been planting churches. We planted Discover Church in Decatur, Illinois. We're already seeing God working in this small amount of time. 
we've seen 40 people say yes to Jesus. We're pastors at Create a Love Church here in Bloomington, Minnesota. So we've been able to gather for roughly about seven months since we launched. 31 people have come to know the Lord. It's because of people like you, and it's because of ministries like James River that allows us to be part of what God is doing. So thank you for being part of the story of Create a Love. This year we're excited because we're going to be planting 40 churches. 20 of those churches will be right here in the U.S. In addition to planting churches in the U.S., we will also be adopting the African country of Burundi. from James River Church, Logan and Julie Banks, as they continue their work in Kabuye, Burundi. In 2016, there were about 300 doctors for the entire country. Uh, that's about one doctor for every 20,000 people. We've actually helped 150 medical students graduate. When they graduate, they can take care of not just their patients' physical needs, but the spiritual needs that they have as well. So I just want to say thank you to the James River family. The church has really been behind us in a major way. After they graduate, there's no further training for them in Burundi. And so we started an internship program, and we would love to see that program continue to grow. The physicians are going to need a place to live, a place to stay while they train. We're excited for what could happen with the help of James River and how this could change the country of Burundi. situation in Burundi is a real challenge for that nation. The water is not safe to drink. So the project that we're about to get involved with at James River is going to not only include groundwater or water wells, but it's also going to include purification of surface water. And when they have access to water, they can also grow food, nutritious food, so they can feed their children. We see patients admitted all the time for dysentery, cholera, diarrheal illnesses that they got from drinking unclean water. So so this will make a big difference. What we're going to do is put this at the church, and the church will provide water to the communities. And then it opens the doors for the preaching of the gospel, and people will come to Christ because you've located the water project at the church. In addition to providing clean water, we will also be building a Bible school in Bujumbura to train pastors who will reach Burundi for Christ. We will be building primary schools to help educate children and share the love of Jesus with them and planting 20 churches in strategic areas of the country. That is so exciting. And um, you know, you just think, um, that's a preview of what we're going to be talking about today and a preview of what God, I think, has set in motion for us to be a part of. It's a historic opportunity for the church. And I believe God is going to speak to every one of us about how he wants to channel 
He is infinite supernatural supply through every single one of us. And in order for you to understand how your mission's dollars, when you give and you invest in reaching people around the world through James River Church, how are those missions dollars used? How are the dollars that you gave last year used? Grab your brochure and in the center of the brochure on the right-hand side, it says, how does my giving impact? And so this is broken down in uh, four categories here that kind of help us think about how we allocate missions dollars. And the first one is mission support. So last year you gave $1,758,830 to support missionaries around the world. So monthly James River Church supports 575 missionaries spreading the gospel around the world. Almost 600 missionaries you are directly involved in seeing that they can stay on the mission field so that even during the pandemic, that support didn't let up at all. We were able to just keep it coming to them, which is huge. And then they, on top of that, there are, there are times when our missionary will bring us a need. They'll say, hey, we have the opportunity to buy land and it's not, it's not gonna last long, but if we had this, it would really help us. Or we have the opportunity to invest in technology or theological resources. This, um, what is given toward mission support allows us to know what we can say yes to. Because almost weekly, we have missionaries coming to us with opportunities or needs. So two weeks ago, missionary came to us and said, we really need a car. And because of your generosity, we are able to say, we can absolutely get behind that and do that and bought them a vehicle. So, you know, that is the significance of what you're doing through missionary support. And then uh, $42,928 was given in for supplies and resources for self-funded mission trips. So these are mission trips being taken by people in the church, groups of people going on short-term trips around the world, and then you are resourcing them for the work. So if they're, if they're helping rebuild a church after a natural disaster, or if they're building a new church, you know, there are times where we're supplying different things so that they can, you know, either the tools or um, the resources, the food that they need while they're there, if they're doing like a crusade, we are getting behind them to supply what they need to to make the trip as effective as it can possibly be. Then missions projects. You gave $758,136 toward projects. So this is the planting of new churches. This is the building of churches. This is the purchasing of land for local churches or national churches in remote parts of the world. That's what you did. And then for toward One Child Matters, we support 1,833 kids on a monthly basis, the people of James River Church, totaling 897230 $30. And here's what's amazing about that. When you invest in the life of a child through One Child Matters, you're not just ministering to them through their physical needs. One Child Matters is committed to ministering them both on a physical level and a spiritual level. And it doesn't just help the child. It touches the entire family. So this is, this is absolutely massive what's happening through One Child Matters. All of that means that James River Church last year gave $3,457,124. That's you. That's what you gave. Come on, let's praise the Lord. God, thank you for what you're doing. And I just think it's important that we stop and recognize what God did through us in the middle of a global pandemic, 
how God did what we thought and what, honestly, if you'd have talked to a lot of people thought wouldn't be possible, they would have said, okay, you're just going to have to forecast way, 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 way lower. But James River, I mean, you guys stepped to the plate and said, we care that the gospel goes out more now than ever before. And because you embraced that urgency, people heard about Jesus, people responded to the gospel. Instead of missionaries saying, well, I've got to come back home and raise more money, they're able to stay. That's powerful, very, very powerful. So James River is on the front line globally of what God is doing around the world. And that's why this day is so thrilling. It echoes, what we do today echoes in eternity. What we do today changes the lives of individual people. What we do today shapes the course of nations. We're gonna talk about what, what is gonna happen where we're believing with God's help, God is going to allow us to be a part of in Burundi. A, a nation that has come out of years of civil war is in recovery and is trying to get established healthy government and, and there's an openness to the gospel like never before. We're gonna talk about that unprecedented opportunity, but we can't think in terms of finances today. Why? Because if we think in terms of finances, we'll do a lot less than what faith would do. If we think in terms of budgeting and all of our priorities over the calendar, then all of us will do less than what God would call us to do. And yet, as I'm saying that, I realize some of you would say, well, I made a welcome to the future campaign pledge and I haven't finished that yet. Here's the thing. If you made a campaign pledge, thank you. And you need to finish that. All of us, that was a pledge. And we've made commitments as a church based on what the church committed to do. So that's important. That's important that you finish that. But some of you are saying, I never made a pledge. Others are saying, I finished my campaign pledge. Praise God. That's awesome. This is an incredible opportunity. So if you're saying, because I made a, a welcome to the future pledge and I'm not done with it, I would have, I just feel like I'm going to have to do less for missions. You need to know that God doesn't look at a missions dollar, welcome to the future dollar and say, well, this dollar is more valuable than that dollar. All of them are kingdom dollars. All of them are being used to advance the gospel. So God is working through it all, but it's, I think it's, important that we listen to God. That's, that's what this day is about. So all of us listen to the Lord and say, God, what would you have me do to spread the gospel? What would you have me do to advance the name and the fame of Jesus around the world? Because it's not really about what you can do on your own at all. It's not about what you can see your way to doing. It's not about what Becky and I can see our way to doing. It's about us saying, God, what do you want to channel through me? God, I, I, I'm believing you, not based on what's in my bank account, not based on what I can budget out. God, I'm believing you to do something supernaturally through me that I can't, I don't know how it's going to happen, but you do. God's in the business of doing the miraculous. And so... Missions, faith, promise, giving is supernatural because the kingdom of God is supernatural. I'm not called to live a natural existence. I'm called to live a supernatural existence empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so what does a supernatural faith promise look like? Well, I think it looks different for everybody. But there are some of you who are saying in the room today, you know, like a supernatural faith promise for you would be $10,000. Whoa, how could I ever do that? Well, you're not going to. God's going to do it through you. 
You're going to step out in faith and God's going to do what you could never do on your own. There are others and you would say, you know, a supernatural faith promise, $25,000. If we gave, uh, you know, 25,000, that would be, that would be amazing. There are others. And honestly, in the room today, you're saying, if we gave $100,000 to missions this year, that would be a supernatural faith promise for us. Whatever God is calling to you to do, it will take faith. And if it doesn't take faith, then it's probably not God. It's probably you. God is going to challenge you. God is going to move you toward making a faith promise commitment toward missions that takes faith where you begin to say, God, I don't know how this is going to work out. But in the middle of that, God turns your anxiety to anticipation as you go. But I can't wait to see what you do. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be going, God, I I know how I'm going to make this happen. I want to be God going, God, I know how you're going to make this happen. You're going to do it supernaturally, and I don't have to know all the twists and turns to know that you're able to do infinitely more than I can ask, think, or imagine. But part of the way that we have to think about a day like today is that the time is short, that we're living in the last days. I think sometimes we can get so comfortable or complacent that we forget that Jesus is coming back and Jesus is coming soon. In fact, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, and the good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world and all the nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Missiologists and Bible translators now say there will be a written copy of the gospel in every language on the planet for the first time in the history of the world in 2030. It's 2021, which is very exciting, but that ought to create some urgency in us. We don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but Jesus said, I am coming and I'm coming soon. And some of there are, you know, Peter says, let's not be like the people who say, where is this coming? He promised, but recognize with, with the Lord, you know, we don't know it's going to be swift. And with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. In other words, in an instant, when you, when people, when the world is asleep, Jesus, you know, when so many are asleep to the coming of Christ, Jesus is going to return. Here's the thing as a church, we have to be wide awake and we have to be urgent and we have to seize the moment and recognize that Jesus is coming back. And our responsibility as believers is to say, when we go to heaven, we want to take as many people with us as we possibly can, right? That's where our heartbeat is. Cause that's where God's heartbeat is. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verse nine, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you know, there's coming a day when your money, when it does not gonna matter what's in your bank account because you won't be able to take it with you. He says, when your worldly wealth is gone so that you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. In other words, on the, on the other side of eternity, there will be people who welcome you in to the presence of God by saying, you gave and they drilled a water well in my village and put a church next to it. And because I needed clean water, I also received the living water of Jesus Christ. You gave and a missionary came into my city and preached the gospel and preached the gospel. And I responded and my family responded. I just want you to meet them. There is coming a day where you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Let's not live for today. Let's live for eternity. And here's what you have to understand. Your giving matters. 
If you give to plant churches, matters. If you give to send missionaries, matters. If you give to build buildings in foreign lands, it matters. If you give to drill a water well where there's no clean water, that matters. Jesus said that part of our calling is to give a cup of cold water in his name. And this is all why Jesus says what he does in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Three motivations for missions giving that Jesus gives us in these verses. And the first is this, Jesus has all authority. Jesus has all authority. Verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The first truth we have to remember when we feel God calling us to step out in faith, when we feel God calling us to go where we haven't gone before, to do what we haven't done before, we have to remember he's in charge. I hope that's not a newsflash for you this afternoon. Jesus is in charge. Jesus is on the throne. He's king. He owns everything. This is why the psalmist says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. There is nothing in the, on the planet. There's nothing in the galaxies spun into order that he doesn't lay claim to. He has all authority. God owns everything. He has authority over your time. He has authority over your priorities. He has authority over your calendar. He has authority over every day that you spend on this planet. Jesus has all authority, and that authority should directly inform the way that we think about our giving. John Bonnell said this, and this is so good. If one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. If you start from the premise, my life is his, which that's the declaration of a Christian. If you start from the premise, my life is his, my days are his, then all of a sudden it frees you up. When I understand God owns everything, it frees me up to give anything because I recognize that he's infinitely able to meet any need that I could ever have. It frees me up. You've been freed up because your life is his, because he has all authority. He's freed you up to be generous, which is a reflection of what he is. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He knows what you need. And God always blesses and God only blesses what we put under his authority. If you want God to bless your life, you have to bring your life under his authority. If you want God to bless your marriage and your relationships, you have to bring them under his authority. If you want God to bless your family, you have to put your family under his authority. If you want God to bless your finances, 
You got to bring them under his authority. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and he's calling his disciples, and he's calling you and me to leverage our lives on the basis of that authority. Leverage your life for the sake of the lost. It's at the top of his priority list. It's the number one thing on Jesus' agenda. And so the second motivation for missions giving is that Jesus' heart is for all people. Look at verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Jesus says, go. And what's implicit in that is that he recognizes we're prone to do what? Stay, somebody got it. Yeah, we're prone to stay. We're prone to play it safe. We're prone to go where we've always gone, to do what we've always done. In general, if you're picking a place to eat, are you gonna go somewhere new and novel that's got no reviews on Yelp? No, you're gonna go somewhere safe. And that's okay when you're picking a restaurant. That's not okay with the kingdom of God. That's not the way God has called believers to live because people who live at the forefront of what God is doing on planet earth are people who go. They're people who say yes to God, calling them to step out of their comfort zone, to wade into the deep end of the life of faith and to trust God to take them places and to do through them what they never imagined possible. I don't know about you, but I don't want to finish this life going, I played it safe. You know, I finished this life and I just kind of hedged my bets with God. Now, I want to finish this life and in the spirit of the Apostle Paul say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith that God called me to in Christ Jesus. There's a calling on your life to go. And God's heart is for the lost. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. This is God's heartbeat. So the apostle Paul says, well, here's the application for you and for me. Romans chapter 10, how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Some of you hearing this today, you are a missionary. You may be back on furlough taking a rest, but you're gonna go back on the mission field because God physically called you to go. Maybe you retired from missions work. God physically located you as a missionary somewhere around the world. But for most of us, we are called to go and primarily called to go as a missionary of supply. That God wants to work through our resource and, and supernaturally channel his resource through us to send the gospel around the world. And here's the really great news. When you commit yourself to doing that, here's a third motivation for missions giving. Jesus' power will always go with you. Jesus' power will always go with you. Look at this in verse 20. And behold, I am with you always. Here's Jesus' promise. When you say, I'm going to go, he says, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you. My power is going to accompany you. When you say go, when you say yes to give, his power always goes with you. This is one of the reasons why Becky and I as parents want to step out in faith. We want to leave a legacy of bold, audacious, generous Faith, because we recognize that kind of faith is contagious for our kids. We want them, 
We want them to know that when they wonder, is it okay to trust God? Is, is God gonna come through if I step out in faith? We want them to be able to look back and go, well, we saw mom and dad do it. And because we saw them do it, we're willing to do it. Your giving leaves a legacy. It leaves, and not just a legacy, you create a living legacy when you put that in motion while your kids are little. You, you set it, you, you carve a channel for them where faith flows through. God's power, I want them to know God's power will always go with them when they say yes to him. They'll watch him go before them. And that's what today is all about. It's honestly about positioning yourself to experience God's supernatural power going and flowing through you. And next week, we're going to talk about what we're doing in the United States. But today, I want to talk to you about the opportunity we have to shape a nation. This is really unprecedented. It's historic in how comprehensive it is. And it's in the nation of Burundi. If you don't know where Burundi is, it's, it's in the middle part of the African continent. And in sub-Saharan Africa, this little tiny country right here, it's one of the poorest countries on the planet. So on the Global Development Index, out of 195 nations globally, it ranks as 185th. Very undeveloped, very poor. 75% of the inhabitants in Burundi live in poverty by its own standard. So we're talking about a very poor nation, a nation in desperate need of help. And a few minutes ago, you heard from Logan and Julie Banks in the video. Logan and Julie are medical missionaries that we got behind as a church five years ago, sending them into Burundi because they recognized the severe lack of medical professionals in the nation. And they have set about training doctors and spreading the message of the gospel. And God is working through them powerfully. It's amazing to watch how God has gone before them, but we have the opportunity now to adopt the nation and to see God transform it in a, a variety of amazing ways. And so we've committed to Logan and Julie to the majority of their support over the next five years. It's part of what we're talking about today, but it's a major commitment on behalf of the church when we will be their primary source of funding, which is exciting because we know them. We've, they're, a, they're not, this is not an unknown. We know what God is doing through them and we wanna get behind them in a big way as they're training doctors, as they're they're establishing a residency program for doctors in the nation. And we're going to be getting regular updates from them, which is going to be so exciting because of our relationship with them. But we're also going to be building primary schools around the nation. This is awesome. We're going to be planting churches. We're going to, and they call them tabernacles. I'm going to show you one, but this would be like a church that we're going to build. We're not just going to plant the church. We're actually going to supply the building and that's going to be amazing. We're going to plant 20 churches around the country in key locations. So you can kind of see how widespread it is. Burundi is the most densely populated country on the continent of Africa. Roughly 600 people live in every square mile of the nation. That's an amazing, I mean, just get a hold of that. So the opportunity when you plant a church is absolutely incredible in terms of its reach and how many people are coming in contact with it. We're also going to be building a Bible school in Bujumbura, um, and it's going to train pastors and mobilize church planters, which is thrilling to think about. On top of all of that, we're going to be drilling water wells because the country desperately needs clean water. 
65% of the population has no access to clean water. 70, uh, it's 76% of all illness in Burundi is related, directly linked to, to a lack of access to clean water. And I don't know if you're aware, but 4,000 children die every day in sub-Saharan Africa. Wrap your mind around that. 4,000 children die every day in sub-Saharan Africa as a result of a lack of clean drinking water. And I've seen this with my own eyes because before coming on staff at the church, I worked for a nonprofit that drills water wells in East Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa. I've been on the ground. I've watched them drill the boreholes and people from the village surround it and wait with anticipation for water to gush out of the ground. And then it's like every holiday wrapped into one when they see the water come up because they recognize what that's going to do, not just for them, but for their kids. And you're, you're going to be bringing not just clean water, but because we're going to be able to put these wells at churches, at those locations around the country, you think of the opportunity for the gospel as people come on church property to receive life-giving clean water and they experience and hear about the living water of Jesus Christ. That's incredible. And there's this open door with the government right now. They want the church influence. They want it in an unprecedented way. But like any window of opportunity, what happens? It's open for a while and then it closes. So we have to seize the moment. Added to this, the University of Nebraska food program, because 50% of the people in Burundi live in a state of chronic hunger. 50%. The University of Nebraska food program in looking at the water systems that we're going to be putting in the country said these water systems when put in will increase food production in the regions they're installed by between 400 and 1100 percent. Think about that. The ability to grow food in a way that they've never had before because of how arid the climate is. And you're going to be a part of that. You're going to be bringing, God is going to channel his supply through you to bring that about. Is that all we're going to be doing? No, it's not all we're going to be doing. We're going to continue to support 575 missionaries around the planet. We're going to continue partnering with Convoy of Hope. We're going to continue to invest in ministries locally. We're going to plant churches but across the United States, but this is a significant opportunity for us to change a nation. And as we think about this, even I, I, I think it's helpful for you to know as the pandemic subsides, part of our hope is to send teams over there to be actively part of building those churches. Wouldn't that be cool? And so to be on a team, to go over to Burundi and to be able to be on the ground and see your investment at work. But as you grab your missions brochure, we've broken this down, kind of how you can be involved. And obviously you want to listen to the Lord and do whatever he tells you to do. But in thinking about a missions faith promise, the overall project in Burundi alone, aside from all of the other things we're going to do as a church, is $1.8 million. It's a massive commitment. But we're going to say with God's help, he's going to enable us to do this. And so maybe today you would say, you know what, I think God is calling us as a family to drill a water well. To, to make a missions faith promise for $15,000 and by faith step out and believe him to do what we could never do on our own. 
Maybe you would say, you know what? I, I think we're supposed to be part of planting and, and building a church. And so for $25,000 to construct that church building and buy the property that it sits on. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to commit to a, a faith promise of $25,000. Or you would say, you know what? We believe that we want to, some of you may be sitting here going, well, what does the Bible school cost? To put in that Bible school in Bujumbura is $228,000. And maybe you would say today, I want to believe God for a faith promise of $228,000 to work in my finances, to be a channel of his supply. But all of us have to listen to the Lord because this is a day of eternal impact where God wants to work through you. And you, you know, your generosity, you believing God to work in your finances, it doesn't just impact you, it also it impacts the people around you. It impacts your family. I think my dad, you know, one of the things he'll often say is, I don't want what the best I've ever done in the past to be the yardstick for the rest of my life in my giving. And I've watched them. They love to, they love to step out in faith. They love to be generous toward missions. And this year, he said, I'm going to do it again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give more than I've ever given before. Becky and I, we're personally committed. We're going to give more this year than we've ever given before. And it's a little like, <gasps> and then you have to go, no, I, I can't wait to see how God does it. I can't wait to see how he does. Because I know if he's calling me to do it, he's not calling me to do it to not do it. He's calling me to do it because he's going to do it through me. But as you hold the card in your hand, there are a few things that I want you to, to know. First of all, this is not a pledge in the sense that you would think about like the Welcome to the Future campaign. This is a pledge is you saying, okay, I, here's how I know that I can do this. I know that, you know, if, if I have to dip into savings or investments, this is not, this is not that. This is not your tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. It's given to the place where you worship. It's that first 10%. This is you saying, with God's help, but I'm going to tear, you can, you can actually, as you get ready to write on it, tear off this bottom part. But with God's help, I'm going to be a missionary of supply to the people of Burundi. With God's help, I'm going to send missionaries around the world. And you might say, David, I have no idea how what I feel God has put in my heart could come to pass. Here's the good news. You don't need to know because God does. That's not silly. That's faith. That's believing God to do what you could never do on your own. And so I want to ask you right now, would you grab that card? This card, everybody grab it. We need everybody to fill one out and grab a pen. So there might be one in the seat back in front of you or you can bum one off a friend. But the faith, faith promise is all about hearing God's voice, embracing God's heart for the lost and then inviting God into your finances. And we're gonna pray here in just a moment. We're gonna pray over, I'm gonna pray over every person who, who's making a faith promise today. But we're gonna take a moment and fill out our cards and the best way, just incidentally, Becky and I did this today. The best way to begin paying a faith promise, especially if you're like, this is big God, is to begin paying on it right away because what I wanna do is I wanna put seed in the ground so I get a harvest. And if I'm gonna get a harvest, I've gotta invest. And so today we started, we said, okay, we're gonna invest today and believe God to do what only he can do. So as you fill out this card, you know, 
what I, I think you need to know, a couple things. One, we don't keep these. You're not going to get a letter that says, hey, you committed this and we're waiting. We're going to shred all of these. So we're going to tally them up. We're going to shred them because this is between you and God. So you'd say, well, why do I have to write anything down on it then? We have to know, we're telling missionaries, here's what we're going to do. We, we have, we're telling those, those, those pastors in Burundi, here's what we're going to do. And in order to be able to tell them, there's something significant about when you put the announce, putting your name. There's something about, God, I believe you spoke to me. I believe you're speaking to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to sign the card. We're not going to count an unsigned card. She's not going to do it. We're no, that's a ghost, and we're not going to do that. If you write Scooby-Doo or Mickey Mouse or SpongeBob SquarePants, we're not going to count it because SpongeBob is not going to do this. You've got to say before God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to step out in faith. So this is not a great time for your best impersonation of a doctor's signature. Like this is a time for you to write legibly, for you to print, and then say every week, every month, every year, however you want to break it down. This is what I, Becky and I said this year, this is what we're going to do. I don't know how it's going to work weekly. I don't know how it's going to work monthly. But this year, this is the amount we're believing God to do through us. So you write all of that down. And then here in a moment, the hosts are going to come forward and they're going to collect the cards in, in uh, the offering buckets. We haven't been passing the offering buckets during COVID, but this is such an important moment. And we wouldn't want any of these cards to get misplaced. And so we've sanitized the buckets. There's hand sanitizer around the building. And so you can, you can take advantage of that, but we'll do it in a safe way. But the hosts are going to come forward and they can come forward right now. And I'd like you to just to finish filling out your card. And then I'm going to pray and believe God to do a miracle in all of our finances because he's the God who does what we can never do on our own through us. Amen. So if you've, if you've finished filling out a card, here's what I'd like you to do. You can just fold your card in half like that. And then if you've made a faith promise, would you just lift your hand toward heaven with your faith promise in hand? And let's pray. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you, your family, your finances, believing God's going to do something significant. Father God, I thank you. I, I can't, I'm, I'm astounded, honestly, that we have this opportunity in Burundi that people, that eternity is going to change for people because of, Lord God, what you're doing through James River Church and honestly, through the people in this room right now. So God, I pray that faith would rise in our hearts to trust you. Lord God, and you would go before us in a powerful way. Lord, we praise you for it. We praise you in advance for all you're going to do. Lord God, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.